You're listening to Legends Cast, a podcast about the cards, the meta, and the community of Legends of Runeterra. This episode is supported by listeners like you. To become a supporter of Legends Cast, visit patreon.com slash legendscast. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to Legends Cast, a podcast about the cards, the meta, and the community of the Legends of Runeterra. Uh, and DVN, you were supposed to do that this week. Uh, no, I, I scheduled that for about uh, three months from now. Oh, okay. When, when when the joke is is completely gone and out of people's memory and they weren't expecting it, that's when we'll do it. Then you're going to swoop you know, in with it? I'm going to swoop in and <laughs> see if they notice. Yeah, th- see if they notice. I think they'll notice. I th- I think they'll notice. Uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> welcome. Yeah. To, uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Uh, well, welcome to Legends Cast. Uh, my name is Mark. I go by the Lift, and uh, and with me tonight is my legendary and ever faithful co-host, Dead Broke Nerd. Dead Broke Nerd, man, how you doing tonight? Uh, pretty good, dude. Pretty peachy. Um, you know the thing is. I really like a lot of these changes. Uh, not all of them, but um, even just kind of looking at the patch notes yesterday, I was very excited that we would be able to talk about them. And uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of cool, good stuff going on here, I think. A lot to like. Um, and also, of course, we have a new event and stuff. So you know what I like? I like going into podcasts knowing that we have a ton to talk about. That's what I like. Yeah, I was a little worried. You know, I didn't know what we would have to talk about. I'll be honest with you. I forgot that they said there was going to be an event. I did not remember that they said that there. <laughs> I, I thought the next piece of news coming was the next set. And I'm sure that like we're we're probably really only a week or two out from hearing about the next set because it is coming in August and I'm sure they want to do, you know, a little bit of, a, well, I don't know how much of a reveal season they'll do, but they didn't do much for Bilgewater and, and uh, Rising Tides expansion. But mm-hmm. uh, we did get a new event, and I will say this, the artwork and stuff on this event is is like expansion level excellent. Like, um, it feels like it is not an expansion, and I realize that, but it's like the, the logo, the artwork, and everything mm-hmm. almost feels like it has as much effort put into sort of the design and the art direction for this event as does like uh, like a normal card game's like next expansion, which is pretty exciting to me. I'm not going to lie. Like, we didn't get like cinematics and stuff with this, but the mm-hmm. art direction, I love like i really am really digging all of the art stuff for for the uh the new the new thing and it's called the spirit blossom event of course that's but i mean that's in news but that that's what i'm jazzed up about too it, that that was exciting today it got me it got me into like silver one today because i was like <laughs> excited to play the other thing is everything um got nerfed that was uh good against mage seekers um my ash mage seekers deck and uh so ash lux mage seekers is back on the menu boys uh that's a lord of nice. the rings reference if you missed it uh from the orc yells meets back on the menu oh, and uh, yeah you, oh i trust me i use that all the time okay so we yeah you you that's a fan you, favorite you you pick that up favorite. yeah you pick oh, that yeah. up <laughs> Yeah, you know they're 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 taking the hobbits to Isengard and whatnot. So yes. I'm with you. 
Yes, yes, they are. Uh, <laughs> so, so yeah, I uh, I got on, uh, played some Mage Seekers today, uh, started working on some of the Spirit Blossom event quests, and um, and really it just dug it. Um, really love. I mean, I don't know. Like the the aesthetic is is super appealing to me. Um, we got some new cosmetics, a lot of new cosmetics in the in sort of the battle pass sort of. It's almost like a miniature battle pass. They kind of do this mm-hmm. in TFT. It, it's like battle pass light but um just really love what they did here um so i think it's really cool so uh i mean i don't know what would you play this week man what was your what was your week in runeterra like did you play it all or you just wait for the spirit blossom event to start yeah i mean so i was overwhelmed last week with how much crap i had going on both at work and outside of work and whatnot so i really didn't get to play at all until today uh, but today has been really fun uh, kind of toying around with some of the changes uh, this evening, but also just like in general, there was some really cool, cool stuff going on. Uh, just clicking around, like even like even not playing, just clicking it on the new stuff and seeing what all is in the event and stuff. So, no, I didn't really play much. My week doesn't have much uh, except for. Uh, except for kind of theory crafting um, a discard list with those changes, and uh, I actually just built it. Uh, so, you know, I don't know how good it is or anything, but it is it is fun. It is kind of satisfying to play. So, well, that's uh, good. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean it, it's. I think uh, there's a lot. Of stuff to kind of break down when we get to it, but I generally think some of these cards are are now playable, maybe not just in discard, you know, but like now playable like in the game normally. So yeah. that's actually a really exciting thing to think about. Yeah, I think that we can dig into that maybe in a future episode once we've each had a chance to check out the new reworks to discard. Uh, this week I played uh, just, you know, in honor of the changes, once I knew what was coming, I played uh, Brahmanivia and I played Lee Sin Heimerdinger for a little bit. And I've not really played much Brahmanivia. I know that it was really popular, you know, the past several weeks, but um, had not really played much of it. And so I messed around with Brahmanivia for a little while and I looked through my decks and actually I had my league match today um, and uh, and lost for the first time, which was uh, which was probably <laughs> a good thing. I got two owed. Um, and uh, and so but I messaged uh, my opponent and I was like, hey, we should we should probably play because um, in about two hours, the patch is going to come out and basically all of my decks are unusable at that point. Uh, <laughs> the only thing that I have left is Mage Seekers um, because Heimerdinger is, is I, I don't know how dead he is, but if he's not dead, I'll be very surprised. And uh, and my burn spiders deck definitely uh, got hurt as well. So I was like, if we're if we're playing, we're like doing it now, or we're doing it like Sunday is the next opportunity. But this is the <laughs> last week of the league, so uh, we'll get placement uh, sort of after this, and then that should move us into um, uh, that should move us into the the tournament. Correct, DBN? Is that is that what happens? There's a tournament uh, after the league's league plays done. Is that right? Indeed, yes. Um, so we're gonna have that kind of rolling forward soon, and um, you know we're gonna take the top player from each of the groups, and they're gonna play 
um, in a uh, kind of bracketed tournament that we'll we'll kind of set up based on standings. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it's nothing too um, sophisticated. Um, I'm hoping we'll be able to um, kind of schedule a time when we can cast some of the games maybe on on stream stuff like that but we're definitely going to be coordinating with the players we set up the league in such a way that people can kind of schedule their own time which is something like i definitely still very much believe is the way to go um it's very and so helpful. the last thing well the yeah and the last thing that i want is to now that they get to the tournament the players not be able to actually play the the, the game now you know what i mean yeah mm-hmm. uh and so that's something we're obviously kind of keeping a you know a watch on and, and making sure that uh when we do set up that tournament we're going to set it up in such a way that if we can stream some of the games preferably like the championship we want to be able to do that we want to be able to stream that um and record it and stuff for posterity but we also absolutely do not want any of the players to feel like oh crap i can't make that day let's make sure we can do that yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanna. I think it would be cool to to stream the championship as long as I'm I'm not in it. I don't know if I'm in the top of my group. I think I'm at the top of my group, which was not the goal. I was kind of hoping that I would not make it through. Um, but uh, mm-hmm. hopefully someone will kick my tail uh, out of the the tournament in the first round, and then won't have to worry about that. Uh, you know. And so, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I I'm excited though. It in because now I have to relearn everything because. Uh, all of these cards got changed, and now I have to figure things out again to kind of prep for it, which is, um, <laughs> which is actually kind of exciting to me. So I'm I'm pretty pumped to try to l- figure out what the the meta looks like and kind of like what's strong and what isn't strong, and some of the stuff that I felt like well maybe they didn't hit it hard enough. They they did. So um, I'm interested to kind of see how things shake out with the changes. But that's in the news. Yeah. The only other thing I want to say is next week we will do a drawing for a Legends cast hat. I actually have it on right now, so if you're watching the stream, it is this really sick snapback uh, black, uh, really nice embroidered hat with a Legends cast logo on gold on the front of it. So if you want a chance to win that, go and leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. We'll read out and give you a shout-out on here. The other thing I will say, because I haven't mentioned it in like months, which is probably a mistake, um, I want to say thank you to all of our patrons. Mm -hmm. Um, We do have eight patrons, and uh, as I talk about them, I am going to bring up their names because... That's important to me that we I make sure that we, you know, give them a shout out. Um, but uh, our patrons are really awesome. I mean, really, really awesome. So thank you guys uh, for for supporting the show and, and um, finding, you know, I always say if you find value in it for giving value back. And, and we really appreciate that. It has helped make the tournament go. It helps make the hats go. It helps all of that stuff happen. And so we we absolutely deeply appreciate that. So we have eight patrons right now. Um, so uh, I want to say thank you to Volunteer. Um, I want to say, hold up, hold up. Do we have nine? Hold up. Dude, no, no, that we? was that was June. My bad. I thought it was July. Volunteer, um, uh, Brendan G, Aaron H, Matthew Z, Jake S, Big Salty, um, uh, J M. Because I know that this individual doesn't love his name being shouted out. And then uh, my boy uh, Jonathan S. Thank you guys so much for being supporters of the show. Uh, for the record, uh, Jonathan S has been a supporter of the show. Um, and so has uh, JM, 
um, a really, really long time, September and October of 2019. Um, there are, are two people that began uh, supporting the show uh, when we were covering, and actually Big Salty was too, when we were coming Tessel, and they're still supporting it. So thank you guys so much for being supporters of the show. We deeply appreciate you, um, and you guys make it all the much easier to continue to do this and to provide some fun events and things uh, as me and DBN both work full-time and Obviously, sometimes we don't have enough time to play the game a lot throughout the week, so it's it's hard to find time to do much else. And so we really appreciate it keeps us going. Um, and the you know the listener base, the reviews, um, the the Patreon, and then the Discord, they are things that really keep us moving forward. Um, and and continuing to make the show. I made a podcast before and never really had any feedback, never really had much community, never really had any supporters. No one ever emailed me, no one messaged me, and I quit doing it after about you know a year because it, I didn't want to do it anymore. And and I find that a year later. I am way more committed to the podcast one year later than I was one year ago um, and when it got started, um, you know. So I, uh, I really appreciate you guys supporting us. That's really, really awesome. Uh, yeah, you want to get into the news? Let's do it. Let's do the news. I know what lurks in the shadows. Okay, guys, in the news is that literally today, just a couple of hours ago, the Spirit Blossom event uh, emerged, right? And so uh, you can now do and join in on the Spirit Blossom event. There are free stuff that you can get in Epic Quests, exclusive items. Um, we have a new lab and sort of a new battle pass, right? Um, so the the new battle pass is what? It's like, is it like 10 bucks? 900 yeah, some gold, right? Yeah, something like that. Is is that accurate? I I don't know. Yeah, I I had the gold. It's, it's basically ten bucks. It's basically ten bucks. Yeah, so you can get a thousand coins for ten bucks, and that would buy it up. Uh, you know, a plus a wee a wee little bit. So uh, we got uh, the falling blossom event. It is uh, not. I'm gonna call it falling blossom a dozen times, but it's spirit blossom. So uh, there's yep. a new guardian. If you buy the premium version for ten bucks, you immediately get this like uh, this fox, this white uh, and pink fox thing with a bell around it neck um and then uh if you level up the pass and you have it as a premium um you will get five uh new variants on uh different uh different little guardians that uh that you may already own um so i think it's like the five classic guardians get like a, a variant of each of them you get four new card backs um and five new emotes you get a lot of shards as well um yeah, like three thousand if you fully level it up is that what it is? Is it about 3,000? I know it's a lot. I just didn't know exactly yeah. how many I'm pretty it sure was. I'm pretty sure it's 3,000 if you like complete everything. If you complete everything? Okay. So yeah. I saw someone online that said it was it was something like uh, it, like if you if you like won like three games a day and you did the quests, you could unlock everything without a problem. So you do have to grind a little bit like it's not just like if you buy it you're going to be guaranteed to have it you do legitimately have to play the game and legitimately have to try to complete the quests because it starts today july 22nd um as as we're recording and then it's over on august 19th so it's a little less than a month long and you do have a lot of stuff and and it's unique because it's not experience so the quests that you complete and the games that you win um, give you uh, lotus uh, petals, and then you uh, gather lotus petals 
and they they level up your event pass and you know will eventually unlock new things very similar to like you know anything that you know you would have in a, in a battle pass system um mm. i have some thoughts on the on it but uh but dbn tell me what your thoughts are on the uh spirit blossom event yeah um well, I haven't gotten to like completely pour through the whole thing. For right now, I'm I think it's a pretty good value. You you can get some stuff um if you're free to play and, and don't put any coins into it. You still get to you know participate in you know the event and, and get some cool stuff here and there, you know. So it's not like you're completely, you know, out of luck. Um you know, which is really I think important, right, for something like this. Yes. Um but I I will say I think um I I th- I think I'm not certain I like the skins for th- assuming that you've already bought something if that is indeed what it is. Now if you get a copy of that you know guardian I haven't gotten one yet so I haven't gotten to that point. But if you get a copy of that guardian that's one thing. I don't think that's how it is. The way what I've been told is it's like a, an alternate skin if you already have one. Is that true? That's how I understand it as well. Okay, um, because I think in that case, I'm feeling a little less um, excited about the concept just because like. You're going to spend more I, money on top of it. Yeah, and, and that just feels a little that feels a little weird to me. Um, so. I, I'm hoping that's not the case. I think it is. And even so, like that still doesn't, it doesn't make it a bad value. You can always go back and get those other mounts another time. But it's like, here's something that if you didn't buy something already, you're you get you get kind of punished there. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, I do think it's important. I, I just ran through and counted everything. So you actually, if you complete the pass, you will get uh, a champion, uh, a random champion, an epic card. Um, at least one expedition cho- token, and actually nine thousand shards. Um, if you mm. if you hit all of the shard marks the whole way along, you'd get nine thousand. Um, in addition to you know some of those other things, but nine thousand shards is a lot. So that that's a random champion, and then enough shards to get three champions as well. And if you think about that, those four champions alone, like if if you just did that. If you know, obviously, you don't get the the pick of one of them, but four champion wild cards is twelve hundred coins. So even if you just ground grinded it out to get the nine thousand shards in the uh, in the one cha- wild champion, you know, not mm-hmm. the wild card, but the one random champion, um, you know, you're going to get a lot more value than the nine hundred some coins you spent on it. Even if you don't like the cosmetics, even if you don't use the cosmetics, if you just did that with the shards and the the champion card, you get more value than if you had just bought four champion wild cards. So, um, you know, I, there is definitely, I mean, the expedition token isn't interesting to me. I'm sure it is for some people. Um, but I, you know, I think that's important to point out that you can, it's definitely a lot of value in the cards that you get and the shards that you get. Yeah. But of course, in that all, it's great value if you get it all the way leveled up. Sure. You, you're going to have to play a little bit like you're, I mean, you, you're earning it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, uh, I I did probably like level 10 almost every week. I've gotten level 10 every week, but one. Um, and that was recently because I snuck up on me because they moved it to Thursday. So, like, I made sure that I grinded out and I was above. I'm like level 11 or 12 now. But, uh, uh, you know, I, I've always tried to hit, you know, at least level 10 to, you know, to get that champion wild card right now and things. 
Um, mm-hmm. And this isn't going to be like that, though. Like, you can do that without really thinking. You just log on each day, do your daily quest, and get a win. Um, you're going to have to be a little bit more intentional about this. And from my perspective, I think I like that. Um, if, if nothing else, like, there's something in my brain that works really well with watching experience bars go up and watching things get unlocked. I really enjoy that. And part of the reason that the game for me has not been like, I haven't been coming back to it recently has been because I'm busy, but also because I have finished all of my experience lines. So I don't get that anymore. All that I get to see is that my weekly vault gets leveled up and I don't get to unlock new stuff and open new things except once a week. And at least in other card games, I was opening a pack of cards once a day or every other day, which sort of gave me a little bit of excitement, get that 100 gold and get that pack. Now I only get to open things once a week um, if I'm not crafting it with the shards that I have saved up. And I have no reason to craft anything with the shards that I've saved up. So uh, I'm excited for this because for the next four weeks, it's going to give me something to sort of grind away at and you know, get my pedals every day and complete my epic quests so that I can unlock this stuff. And I'm definitely buying the silver wing, bro, um, for sure, because you get two alternate versions of the silver wing, bro. Mm-hmm. I, I will get yeah. a pink version of my shark. I do like the uh, the samurai hat that he gets. I like that. Yeah, I think that's cool. And honestly, like, so the... Ionia did have not has not had like a an ultra cool uh, guardian really like the Ionia guardian I think is is sort of like the little uh, like long neck monster the long neck dinosaur is the guardian that goes with Ionia and I don't want that like at all but I have the Lee Sin <laughs> board and I have the Lee Sin card back and I wanted a cool guardian to go with it and right now I was using the Poro and uh, I immediately assigned this new fox creature to it and you get a like a premium um version of the fox creature it does look a lot girlier the premium version but mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. you do get a premium version of it i'll probably use the not premium version um because i mean i'm not against the keller pink my daughter loves it but it's not it's not your aesthetic you know that's okay yeah nothing wrong with that i mean there's a reason why every one of my characters in legends uh, in elder scrolls online has their armor dyed black uh <laughs> edgy much <laughs> well you know what like it's kind of like my wife and i both like she wears almost only like dark shades like blacks and grays i wear almost exclusively dark shades blacks and grays i'm wearing a red shirt tonight this like kind of red shirt is about as bright as i get so um i mean this is a pretty bright event for me um but i love that <laughs> yeah, pretty Jap- bright event pretty bright event <laughs> pretty bright like I like this shark, but please don't turn my shark pink. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it just reminds me a lot of baby shark. If that That's the one thing that I was kind of like. <laughs> yeah, baby shark. <laughs> oh, like I've had to listen to baby shark so many times in my life. That's uh, funny. Yeah. Do you, um, okay, so what is your, real quick question, what is your favorite um, cosmetic that you can, uh, that you can get from, uh, from the past because you know you, there's a wide range of different things that you could get oh man I, that would require me to pull it up and just pour through it there's some really dope card backs though yeah yeah, it, yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna be one of the card backs like i it's gonna be one of the card backs <laughs> yeah that 
that's kind of where I am too. I think I honestly think like the spirit of obsession is a pretty uh, is a pretty cool card back. Um, but also the one of the like the very first one that you unlock is really cool too, which is the nightshade spirit, which kind of looks mm-hmm. like a dark shadowy oni, um, like a, a cartoony oni face on the fr- on the front on the back of it. It looks yeah, I like that a yeah. lot too. I think that, and I you know what I'm always open for some new emotes. I like the ones that mm-hmm. I have, but I'm open for some new ones. So, uh, did you buy it? Did you buy the premium pass? I did. I definitely did. Um, it, it, to me, it was like, hey, I am. I'm gonna go ahead and 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 jump in on this. You know, why do I work a full time job and a part time job if not to spend money on the things that I like? Um, that's kind of where I land a lot of times on just spending in general like i i try to be very frugal and i think like my past as a genuinely dead broke nerd uh have uh <laughs> kind of influenced that they're gone but i'm at the yeah those i'm days just but gone. i'm at those days are they're not yeah they're they're at least not completely uh true anymore so it's like you know what it's okay I'm allowed to spend money on things that I love like that. I have to remind myself of that sometimes, though, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I bought it because I had the coins saved. I I threw I think I threw 50 at the game um, when Rising Tides was coming out and then didn't really get into it. Then I, I, I wanted to save some coins for the event and I, I saved about the amount that I needed. I was uh, I, I have about 100, about 100 coins left. So. It was about the perfect amount. The other new uh, cosmetic that came out was the Festival Shrine map. Um, So this is a new board, and it is... So all of our boards up to this point have been rare. This is the Mm -hmm. first board that is uh, epic. So it costs a little bit more. So a normal board, 990. Um, The uh, Festival Shrine is 1290, so 300 more coins. Um, so basically the equivalent of one champion wild card um, will get you the festival shrine and it is epic because it's interactive so there's there's things that you can like click on and do which was mm-hmm. the boards that you got for free in every other card game you know like every other card game I played the boards came <laughs> for free and they were interactive like Hearthstone and uh, and uh, and Tessel and stuff so I'm, I'm kind of yeah. like eh, I don't really want to I don't really want to give you like $15 so that I can interact with the board. Just let me interact with the boards. But maybe I'm spoiled. I think, well, I think what's going to end up happening is that they're going to transition boards to always have that. I I think they're I think they're going to take uh from now on, like they're not going to put out boards if they're non-interactive. Mm-hmm. Right? And I think I don't know if the I don't think they'll ever go and update the ones that we already have. Like, I don't think they'll go through that work um, to upgrade the non-interactive ones to interactive. Yeah, I would agree. Um, but I think that they this might become the new standard. And so this is the new price point ongoing. Uh, I, I That's how, frankly, you know, as much as I would love it if, if they would upgrade the ones that we have, I, obviously I would love that. As much as I wish that that would be the case, I don't think that that's a, necessarily a fair expectation. Uh, and it's not really what I would do either as a... Um, business um as a company so yeah. i would that but that is what i'm saying is is making it such that they would um such that you you end up with um the new standard is what i would say and what i would expect to be the the situation 
Yeah, and and this was something, guys, that we expected, right? Because one one of the things that we said, right, is that so far, and it, it, this is this is what's really intriguing to me, right? So every emote that you can buy is common. Every card back that you can buy is rare. Every guardian that you can buy is common. And every board that you can get, with the exception of Festival Shrine, is rare. So here's my real question. What does epic level emotes look like? Like, it, will there be an epic level emote that's like, you know, instead of 190 coins, it's like 600 coins. And it's like a far more animated uh, or I don't know what it would even do, but it would do something crazy. Right. Um, <laughs> because they're showing that like, OK, it's not just an aesthetic upgrade, but there is there's an actual like uh, there, there's it's clear that this board is an upgrade over our our other boards because you can interact with it. So what does that mean for things like emotes or will they all stay rare and they'll sell them in emote packs or something? I don't, I don't know. And what does it mean for, you know, one of these still card backs? Will there be like a premium epic card back eventually that, you know, shimmers or moves or something? Um, yeah. You know, what does a what does an epic level guardian look like? Like, do they get completely decked out? Like, will we one day look back and look at, you know, Powder Monkey and Silverwing and be like, oh, man, these guardians are horrible in comparison Never. To, the, to the legendary Powder Monkey, guardian. Powder Monkey is the cutest in the world. I picked that because I knew that you would respond to it. That's right. There is plenty so of other worse, worse ones that I could have picked here. Powder so, Monkey is maximum cute factor. Yeah. So we, I mean, I mean, he is cool. He is really cool. So we knew, right. like, we knew that they had a rarity on these cosmetics for a reason, but this is the first time that we've gotten something that isn't the same rarity of everything else that we've received, right? Every board has mm -hmm. been rare except Festival Shrine. So that means that hopefully we will get some higher rarity guardians and some higher rarity card backs and emotes in the future. Um, and that means that, you know, we'll get cooler and cooler, uh, this is the first time it was like, okay, I really feel like you you want my money. Here's my money. Mm -hmm. Up to this point, I have not felt that way. But um, this was the first time that I'm like, okay, I could see me actually spending a decent amount of money on cosmetics in this game. Originally, I would I wasn't yeah. seeing that, but now I'm kind of like, okay, it might happen. <laughs> you know, if I get yeah. some really cool, like a legendary level uh, guardians, like uh, maybe I will. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's reasonable. I do. I uh, and you know, it's none of it's necessary. Mm -mm. That's the beauty of it. It's none not. of it. None of it's necessary, but I and need that, it. That's why it's okay. But I, but I need it. But I need. <laughs> Got to get my fix. It's not necessary, but I need it. Um, and so, I need it. Buy it. <laughs> uh, so okay. The other thing was, uh, we got a uh, our first starter deck. Mm. So, uh, our first starter deck, our first starter deck is, um, uh, what is it? Is it Sejuani Gangplank? Right. Yep. Yeah, Sejuani, so you get one copy of Sejuani, one copy of Gangplank. I don't know how much it actually costs because mine only costs 30 coins because I have every card in it except for like one rare. Um, but uh, it's, you know, if you if you own every card in it and, and the number of copies that are in it, then there, you can't buy it or you could buy it for zero, I guess. Mm -hmm. But um, 
I think this is cool that they're doing this. This is something that uh, Elder Scrolls Legends did, and I thought it was a smart decision, and something that Hearthstone never did, and I thought that was a silly decision. Do you have a, an opinion on um, just, like, pre-made decks in general? Like, do you think they're a good idea or a bad idea for a card game? Good idea, 100%. Yeah. This it, is, it's, it's, to, it's, it gives you a starting place as a, and like, yeah, so what, it, what like, how much is it to buy the, the thing? How much is it total? Like, oh, um, I don't know because I can't see. Let me. <laughs> if someone yeah, in well, the chat knows, not, yeah. If someone in the chat knows how much it is, like if you just open the game for the first time and bought the starter deck, tell us how much that is because I'm sure it's. I'm confident it's a good bundle. Okay, one thousand nine hundred and sixty-two coins. I see here. Okay, so that'd be twenty bucks. Okay. So what, well, okay. So what that does, if you think about the price points there though, right? 20 bucks gets you six champions, right? Gives you three copies of each. I'm going to pull up the thing. Hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm going, I'm going to the store. I'm going to the store. Let's see. I think it's, I think one. it's, yeah. No, 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 no. Uh, oh, two gang, two gangplanks. You get two, you get two of each. So okay. two gangplanks, two Sejuani. Okay. Right. Okay. And uh, it's three, a 300, coins for a champion wild card correct mm-hmm. normally right so right there you've got 1200 F- uh, 15 yeah 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 1200 1200 coins and then you get riptide rexes you get um uh the tusk raider you get a copy of the dreadway which eh. um you know you get uh, and i don't i really like to see what it all adds up to i really would um but I think that what's cool about this is for all if really for all that matters, it could just plug into plug out to be the exact same as what it would be to craft it. But even if that wasn't even if that was the case, which I don't believe that's the case, right? Mm-hmm. Um uh you would still get a very cohesive mostly cohesive. I mean, for some stupid reason they put weirding stones in there, uh, but a mostly cohesive deck. Uh, that you can plop down two very competent champions and start playing. Um, Personally, I would like to see uh, a starter deck like this be allowed to be purchased through like in-game rewards or something like that. Like maybe, I don't know how you do that. Maybe shards would be a really good way to do it. Like put a price down for like, if you want to collect shards, you can get a discount by purchasing this or so. I don't know. Cause that was always the cool thing about the starter decks in, uh, in Tesla is that you could get them with the in-game currency that you grinded. Um, But, but ultimately it doesn't matter more ways to play more ways for players to start their collection. That's always a good thing. That's always a good thing. So you'll see no objection from me. Yeah, I, any way that you can make the start of the game less intimidating for somebody, and you know they're getting this bundle ready, you know, obviously, I mean, people who've been playing it since the beginning of Rising Tides have no use for this. They've collected these things, probably. But they're getting ready for probably, uh, either A, their player base is expanding continually, and we just don't know that. I'm sure that it is, but it might be ra- more rapid than we think. Um, or they're getting ready because they know the next expansion is going to come out, and they're going to start blasting, you know, rounds of advertisement i i think there's probably i think there's an event going on in legends in, in uh in not legends of Ruterra, in uh league of legends as well right now um and mm. i think that this is sort of 
going alongside that. And I, I kind of like the feeling of being part of the larger community. You know, when you played Hearthstone, you kind of felt like the stepchild to World of Warcraft. Like, I never really felt like there was anything that was ever going on in World of Warcraft that was also going on in Hearthstone. Um, they'd, even in, like, I guess there was a little bit of that between, like, ESO and Tessel, but that was even not, like, events necessarily. So I like that there's a little bit more going on across the board. I'd love to see them do more with that, to see, like, a something mm -hmm. that goes across TFT uh, LOR um, and goes across uh, and goes across uh, uh, League of Legends LOL. I'd love to see something that crosses all of those things um, so that we could you know really uh, feel like part of the community in that way. I think that would be a really cool thing. Yeah, totally agree. totally agree. I think that's a that's a good way to that's a good way to think about it. It's a good way to to be. Uh, it's a good thing that they're doing. I th that they're doing well. I want to say. Uh, is integrating them, even though I don't play League, even though I don't play TFT. TFT. Yeah, sure. Um, that's something that I agree. Like Hearthstone, even though I felt like I never felt like Hearthstone was like this weird stepchild. Hearthstone was big money for them, but what Hearthstone was is a, it was disconnected. You know what I mean? And we saw Tesla start trying to do that a little bit with their ESO expansions, like pairing them up and stuff like that with with Legends. But that almost felt more like. Well, we we don't really we want to like piggyback legends onto something else to potentially like create crossover felt more desperate when they did it, to be honest, then this feels more like we want to kind of unite the riot verse, mm -hmm. uh, so to speak, which I, I can certainly uh, appreciate the, uh, the sentiment there. So, uh, yeah, that, that's where I'm at with with that. Um, I still cannot get over the artwork and the graphic design that went into this event. Like, I literally can't get over it. Like, every time I look at it, I'm like, oh, Spirit Blossom. That's the next expansion for uh, for LOR. <laughs> because the artwork <laughs> the artwork and the graphic design is so good. Um, yeah, it's good. Last thing that came out with this is a new lab called Bestow. Um, so you go in, you get a pre-constructed deck. You start with 30 health, I believe, instead of... 20 health and then every time your unit dies it passes on its stats to a random unit in your hand so the mm -hmm. the stuff keeps growing right it just it just keeps growing so i'm yeah. sure it's just it's nutsy it's nutso in there which is probably something i will play you know maybe a couple of times because I, don't, I still don't think there's any reward for it outside of i'm sure there's some quests and stuff maybe maybe you can get a, a couple of uh lotus blossom petals or something for it um but I'm definitely going to check it out because I think it's really cool. Well, there's a there's a quest I think for the. Did you say that that, that there's a event quest for there, win four lab games? There is that one. I think is an either or. It's like win five games of ranked or win five labs. I went with the uh, win five games of ranked this time around, but I haven't checked out the lab yet. But I I've heard and I see uh, our friend Jeff here in the chat confirming that it is bonkers uh, he said bestows bonkers hate and love it um uh, but i also hate it so he hates it loves it and hates it so that's two hates one love friends um that's, for that's, that's where it's coming out to <laughs> for the for the new lab um but uh hey you know what in addition to all of this we also got a patch didn't we we did we did plenty of fun things that we can look at for uh, the old patch notes uh, and some really interesting like balance implications, you know, for the larger, you know, like what is going to jump in and be the strongest thing next. I think that's a really interesting thing to talk about for us. Yeah, I agree. And wildly speculate on. Before we jump into each card, though, do you want to uh, you want to do the deck name game? Yeah, 
Yeah, let's let's do that first. You want to pick the winner of the deck name game? Okay. Well, we picked it ahead of time. We picked. Let's just let's just be honest. We did pick it ahead of time. We looked at it right before starting. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. Because you get your options in. So uh, if you join our Discord server, you can go over to the deck name game channel and you can enter your deck. We need to see what you, what your deck makeup is and then also give us the name of your deck. And if we, we choose each week our favorite deck name game, uh, favorite favorite deck name from the week, and then we talk about the deck for, you know, just a minute or two on the stream. But tell us uh, our favorite deck this week, DBN, what's in it and who made it? Importantly, uh, so named this it. week, uh, this week, uh, the namer in question is none other than my good friend Gibbles and Bits. Gibbles and, and Gibbles Bits. Bits. Gibbles and Bits has graced us with a glorious deck this week. Uh, this is called Las Vegas Nightmare. Mm-hmm. And it's all mm-hmm. about them slot bots. Yep. Yes. Las, Las Vegas Nightmare. It's a really great name. Plus, it has sea monsters, which I think is nightmarish, right? That's pretty nightmarish. Oh yeah, we're kind of getting the full the full nightmare package here. Um, what's cool here is that uh, well, there's a few things that are interesting. Obviously, you know this probably isn't a top tier deck, but what's cool is that Gibbles and Bits clearly was trying to utilize some of the uh, adjusted cards, which I guess we kind of have to spoil sort of now. Well, but, we'll just um, say they go well with slot bot. Right. And so the some of the new cards that have been adjusted do go quite well with slot bot. Uh and I think what's really neat here is that they um they fuel Twisted Fate, which is mm-hmm. one of the two champions. We got Twisted Fates here. Um so obviously these new cards, Zonite Urchin adjustments, the Sump Dredger adjustment as well. Um obviously we've got some rummages in here, pick a cards, um, salvages, lots of stuff to get through the deck. Um, which will hopefully a buff up the slot bot, yep. b get twisted fate leveled up, and then c get deep. All of those things want to cycle through the deck really fast, which is what makes it so interesting in, in my in my humble opinion. Yeah, I think so too. Um, so um, that's kind of it's pretty simple, and I think it's one that I actually am really interested in toying around with myself personally, uh, because we've got Nautilus there, and and what's cool is that there are a few. Um, uh, sea monsters. There's two abyssal eyes and two devourer of the depths. And sure, Nautilus can discount them, but Nautilus is really in there um, to refill some cards into your deck uh, before you deck out uh, because there's just so much that wants to cycle through the deck. Now, I do think this deck probably from a strictly competitive standpoint uh, probably needs uh, probably needs some ways to defend a little bit. Yeah, it might not be a uh, great deck, but it's fun. But darn it if it doesn't look fun and and against a slower deck between the augmented experimenters, uh, the you know the progress day and stuff, you're gonna just be flying through cards and it's gonna be really really funny I think. Yeah, so you can check out that deck over on our Discord channel under the deck name game tab. But I will also put a uh, a code, the deck code inside with the deck name inside of uh, inside of the show notes this week. And each week that we pick a deck from the deck name game channel, I will include that deck so that you can check it out and it can popularize hopefully some of the decks that are being made by community members, which is really exciting. Um, uh, last week was the Red Vines, which was the Noxus Shadow. Wilds deck that ran uh, the Snapvine card, and so uh, that was uh, that was last week's. This week's is the uh, Las Vegas Nightmare. Um, so hopefully we'll have some new fun ones for next week, especially with 
all of these new card changes that we just got. Um, and we have a lot of them. Um, we have a lot of them. So let's uh, let's go ahead and dive into them. And uh, I, I will take us through the first one because I really want to know what you think about the second one, DBN. Um, all right. Okay. Sounds good. So the first one, we knew this was coming. Heimerdinger has been changed. Um, although it's not really Heimerdinger that's been changed, but the cards around him have been changed. So before we had a, a six mana, six one turret with Overwhelm, a four mana, four one turret with Fearsome, and a three mana, three one turret with Elusive, which we knew of. there was a pretty big problem with the Elusive turret. So uh, we have changed it. The artwork's the same. The cards are basically the same, but now the three Three mana one is a three one with fearsome. The four mana one is a four one with overwhelm, and the six mana one is where we picked up the elusive. So just sort of swap those around. So six mana six one with elusive. Um, this changes a tremendous amount, but you really can't even talk about the change to Heimerdinger with also uh, also not talking about the change to Flash of Brilliance, which Flash of Brilliance went from being a three mana burst spell that puts a six plus cost in your hand. Um, a spell and then refills your spell mana they increase the cost of that to four so before it was like you could flash a brilliance flash a brilliance uh you know drop Heimer on five double flash of brilliance um and then you would be able to you know throw out a bunch of turrets and also defend Heimerdinger. Now Flash of Brilliance is going to give you a 4-1 with Overwhelm instead of a 3-1 with Elusive, and you can't do it on turn 5 because, and you can't do it over and over again either because it costs 4 instead of the 3 spell mana. You know, can't loop 2 or 3 of them in a row. Um, all of those changes to Heimerdinger makes it really hard for me to know how and if Heimerdinger will still be playable after this. And maybe he's been playable for so long now that it's a good thing that he gets dumpstered for a little bit. Um, if anything, we've we've seen some of the, the second adjustments that we're going to look at in a minute. It tells me that they're willing to go back and work on a champion that they've already tweaked. So maybe we'll see a tweak to Heimer to bring him back out of the shadows. But I just struggle to see how Heimer will be very playable now. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Well, I think Heimer is going to immediately see no play for a couple weeks because everybody, I mean, it's so clearly a nerf, right? Um, because it's, you just played it for the elusives, but I, I I'm going to play a little devil's advocate here. Uh, and for, well, first off, I'm going to pat myself on the back because not to be that guy, but I 100% called this nerf, like in specifically how they were going to nerf him which was rearrange the turret order uh, as in yes. put the elusives higher up in the price tier uh, and bring I specifically, I think I even said bring fearsome down to the three mana slot. Yeah, that was exactly your call. What they did. That's exactly what they did. Yep. Um, so that feels good. Uh, but, but, uh, but more importantly, um, what's interesting here, uh, I think the bigger nerf to him really and this is going to play to my point in a second, but the bigger nerf is the flash of brilliance. Nerf. Yeah, that's that, huge. That, that's the bigger issue. Okay. But I, it, it's a, it's an issue, but then I think it's also secretly a sort of concession, like conciliatory buff in a way. So I'm going to get to that in a second, but, um, so, okay. Uh, I think Heimerdinger is going to make a comeback not in the next week or maybe even two or three weeks, but he will. The reason why is we have been, we've only known Heimerdinger to be played in one way, which is to spam elusives, right? There's never been a reason to play Heimerdinger differently because the elusive spamming version was just strictly better. 
right? What we're going to look at now is we're going to see people playing Heimerdinger one, I think just more for the raw value and like spell heavy decks and focus less on what costs of the spells that they're running. Hmm. Um, and instead, we're going to see them focusing more on um, just getting a lot of spells out, finding ways to discount spells, like spamming the board state out every turn, protecting Heimer so they can get them upgraded, get those guys out on the board, buffed up. Um, and really just just keep a really wide board state of cheaper units. Um, two, um, there are a lot of things that create six-cost spells, which is really important to note that that elusive unit is now a six-coster, and I mm-hmm. think they chose six because there's a lot of things with six-cost spells uh, that generate six-cost spells. Um, That's true. So keep that in mind. Yeah, I mean, you have like, uh, uh, what is it, Redemption... Uh... Uh, harsh winds um you know those two cards are six cost so yeah you you have several good back to back it's another mm-hmm. great one by the way back to back would also be really good with a wide board which now heimer well heimer could always do that sure people didn't because it would be better to bring out so all i'm saying here is one uh we've never seen heimerdinger uh really been like seriously tested in decks outside of the three cost spell spam yep right that's so fair. we're gonna that's it's a it's a brave new world for heimerdinger we're, we're gonna who knows what we'll see who knows what cost of spell maybe maybe we'll see people gravitate towards a different cost of spell maybe we'll see people uh just kind of playing whatever spells and trying to just get raw value out of heimerdinger every time you cast a spell you get a free body bodies are good um and then i think here's the secret like conciliatory buff in my mind uh, Ooh, which is the Flash of Brilliance. Flash of Brilliance got uh, bumped up to four cost. And I think it's really interesting that we see that cost increase alongside a cost decrease for the Overwhelm bot. Mm-hmm. Because as everyone, I think, knows, is that Overwhelm is one of those mechanics that if you can put out enough Overwhelm units, you basically just slowly sneak damage in that your opponent doesn't really consider until all of a sudden they're in range of a Get Excited or a Mystic Shot or whatever. Or like I lost to my opponent today, uh, Get Excited, Get Excited, Mystic Shot. Sure. Mm -hmm. And so what... I think moving the overwhelm bot does is it kind of replace sort of replaces the elusive just in a much more balanced fashion such that you're able to push damage through while bringing creatures out onto the board while playing spells. Um, and so while you're on the offensive, obviously these storm lobbers, that's what they're called, I guess with these overwhelms, this form mm-hmm. cost overwhelm. Yeah. They don't defend well. They have one defense like most of the bots, but um, they they do still push damage to when you're attacking. We talked about this, I think, last week, where we talked about what kind of options there were, right, for uh for four cost spells, and where we landed was is that a there's not as many. Well, now there's one more thanks to Flash of Brilliance. That's true. Yeah. <clears throat> um, which by the way, um, Flash of Brilliance will create a six plus cost spell, which a six cost spell, if it were to generate a six cost and not a six you know, higher than six cost yeah. would allow you to get an elusive down. That's true. So and often it does create a six cost. It seems well, like there's more a lot often more six costs than there's seven a lot more or six cost spells than seven, eight pluses. I mean, if I'm looking at here, I'm going to sort this real fast. It's basically uh, I'm looking progress at, day, true shot barrage and unyielding spirit. Four, eight, 12. So, so uh, there's 16, uh, six cost spells. 
and of the seven cost spells, there are also oh, there's also sixteen of everything else. Seven plus. Okay. Okay. So you have so like a, a 50, 50, 50, 50 chance of getting us of getting the six cost spell. Okay. Which will get you an elusive, a six attack elusive, mm-hmm. uh, which that ain't nothing to sneeze at. No, no, no. Um, I mean, that's easily enough at the end of the game to push the damage that you need to win. Easily. Right. Um, but also by increasing the number of four cost spells, which we talked about last week, uh, was a big reason why I was advocating even to move the uh, elusives even just to four. Um, but mm-hmm. you have a lot of defensive four cost spells, right? So check it. You've got gotcha, which is a removal spell. Deny. Uh, you have, well, now True. obviously the flash of brilliance. You have static shock. That's defensive. You yep. have spirit's refuge. Defensive. Um, you have salvage, which is drawing. I mean, obviously we're, we're kind of bouncing around between classes. Avalanche. Defensive. So if you're looking at all these defensive cards, right? And then you're putting tools in your hand that are then free for you to turn around on the next turn and push damage because you've got overwhelm not just push like the tempo right which would be something without overwhelm which would say okay i'm keeping this high tempo i'm keeping creatures on the board you're gonna have to trade with them but i'm saying pushing damage to uh the face um i think that is a a legitimate argument for saying that um they had a very conscious decision in moving the overwhelm bot down to four while at the same time moving the um uh moving the flash of brilliance to four like don't overlook that that was clearly intentional yeah and i think we should we should we needed to think about why why did they do that what is the design intent with those two things being adjusted so that they coincide so beautifully yeah, I, I agree. I agree with that. You know, I think what this ultimately does to Heimer is it avoids the turn five Heimerdinger, Flash of Brilliance, Flash of Brilliance, get excited turn. And then you turn five, then you not only do you play Heimerdinger in three spells, you generate two spells in hand, you remove something, and you put three elusive turrets on the board. It avoids that ridiculous swing turn that basically wins every game. Um, and those don't feel good to play against. And it honestly feels unfair to even play. So I think that turn won't happen anymore. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Uh, why don't you go okay. and, and lest and lest we not forget that progress day with Heimerdinger still yields an eight eight dinosaur. It does. Uh, so um we haven't seen people screwing with that recently, but that was never bad. No, no. <laughs> eight eight dinosaurs are for zero mana end up they're good. They're good, my friend. I hear I hear they're pretty decent. They're pretty yeah. good. He's yeah. just he's just a he's just a, a more of a control arc. He's a control win condition now as opposed to a mid-range win condition sure tell us about the next champ that's getting a change here and how much yeah you hate it. i do hate it i really I really knew hate it, it. <laughs> um brahm has gotten his power backed down from one to zero at the first level now it's worth noting that at level two he does get his plus one power uh as well um i kind of want to read what they said here they said overall we're pretty happy with the results of the brahm rework in patch 1.4 together with the changes to anivia in 1.4 they've provided more viable frailior champion options and made the region more generally playable when making changes to brahm we did err on the side of pushing his power level to make sure his rework was definitely an upgrade and leave ourselves room for adjustment if he proved too powerful in particular brahm's one power baseline led to certain very sharp matchups while providing strong all-around value. 
So we're moving his base power back to zero and reducing it at level two to make him less capable of immediately seizing control of games. Okay. I think it's really important to to pinpoint this. This felt, when I first read it, it felt like you didn't tell me anything. You didn't tell me why you did anything. Yeah. Uh-huh. What it is is they kind of hit it in there, and I really wish they would have been more explicit about their language. Uh, but what they said is, uh, Brahms' one power baseline led to, quote, certain very sharp matchups, yep. end quote. Um, although I guess I should say, while providing strong all-around value. We knew Brahm provided strong all-around value. That we that we knew. Yep. Um, so what that means is um, the sharp matchups is anything that's running one defense creatures, like a lot of one defense creatures. Yeah. Um, and I, that is where I kind of don't understand. Well, what it tells me is that they want those decks to be viable, to be strong. They want decks that have one defense creatures to be strong. Okay. So what, what decks are those? Right. I mean, you're looking at some aggro decks, which we see an adjustment from them bringing aggro power level down. So it does kind of vex me why they would, um, you know, if they if they think aggro needs to be adjusted, why they would bump Brom up, especially considering uh, we're going to talk. I think we're going to talk about this when we evaluate the whole thing that like aggressive elusives don't really see a huge nerf. We're seeing a burn aggro like a burn Noxus nerf. Mm-hmm. But I think we can I think I think uh, aggro elusives are still going to very much be a thing. And the Brom uh, nerf helps them a lot. Yes. Okay, because they have a lot of one defensive elusives, which you can't go after. Braum can go after them, but now you need to play a buff on him to get the kill. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, but I think this is, if I'm going to guess, I think they, uh, I think they did this to Braum because spiders aren't seeing play basically at all. Hmm. Um, and I think they very much have spiders as the concept. They always want spiders to exist. If anything, like I have a val- like just look at their at their um, buffs and nerfs across the scope of Runeterra. They've in almost every patch they do something that either directly and more commonly directly, but even sometimes indirectly helps or or brings down spiders. Spiders is clearly always in their train of thought. We've seen brood awakening. Uh, messed with a couple uh, times twice. twice yep twice we've seen um black spear get adjusted when it was too strong um, frenzied skitter you know, we, frenzied skitter went down one attack yep or one health right so, so spiders are have been present and represented in both nerfs and buffs in like every balance patch so I'm just going to take a stab in the dark and say that in their core design philosophy, and I think it is partially due to the new player experience mm-hmm. where spiders are considered a very accessible new player deck. It teaches a lot of really good mechanics. You also start with like two Elises, I think. Yeah, and Brom uh, and- seems very difficult to get around when you're playing spiders unless you're playing heavy fearsome. It, yeah, if you are if you are playing spiders, Brom not just beats you but ruins you. <laughs> yeah, um, certainly can, especially new Brom. Right, and, and I mean, and of course, obviously, the buff where you summon a mighty Poro is excellent. And so, I mean, I'm not saying Brom is unplayable. I'm so, like, I think the three three Poro is is actually better than the one attack. I but I think the two together really made Brom a force to be reckoned with which again i feel like frailyord a needed uh 
I and agree. I feel like Braum is now on similar power levels to other champions. He still takes forever and a half to get you know upgraded, and what it does is it forces people to provide removal options in their deck or just plan to ignore him and hopefully win before he gets leveled up. I mean, I think that I don't think this is completely necessary, but my guess is that this is being done to protect decks, including spiders, probably not just limited to spiders, but to protect those decks um, and those the players who play those decks from the quote-unquote very sharp matchups that Braum would have against them. And I think that has much more to do with their vision for the game than it does for the overall balance of the game. I want just personal opinion. I want to I want to move on to Anivia, but my thought is is they do not like the now sudden negative matchup against Rhymefang Wolf. Which is the against the challenger that kills anything uh, with zero attack. <laughs> I sure, can now okay. slaughter your Braum with my wolf. They really needed to buff the wolf, and they really hated how good Braum was <gasps> against Teemo and Fizz. And they want Teemo and Fizz players to have a place. Heavy Braum meta yeah. means two champions are completely unplayable. And that's I, actually a really good point. I say yeah, that sort of tongue fighters. in cheek, but it actually is kind of true. Teemo and Fizz are unplayable in a heavy Braum meta because Braum just absolutely destroys Team and Fist. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's actually the that's actually it, that if anything it adds to my point, I just completely forgot about those two. But yeah, no, that's a really, really, really important point. Um <laughs> so unfortunate, I guess, but Braum's still Braum's still good. I mean the the mighty Poro summoning is, is still good. very good. It's still it's good. It's still very good. He's still viable. <sighs> I I'm just sad to see my 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 mustache boy my my, my little mustache Get boy hurt. getting hurt. Lieutenant yeah. Llama in the chat says Brom equals wolf dinner. I agree. I think that Brom should always be my wolf's dinner. The next card that they adjusted was uh, Anivia, but it's Agnivia. So it used to be when Anivia died, she became Agnivia. When you hit Enlightened, mm-hmm. she transformed into the leveled up Anivia. Um, and Agnivia was a one mana zero two. And if you couldn't remove it before your opponent became Enlightened, um, you know they got the leveled up Anivia. Um, now it's a zero one. So it's it's just making Ag- Agnivia a little bit easier to remove but it, it's a really important thing because it puts it in range of things like static shock it puts it in range of things like vile feast um vile feast maybe being the most important thing it puts it in mm-hmm. range of an unleveled up anivia from your opponent um it puts it in range of a lot of different things and so it puts it in, it puts it in range of old brom old brom <laughs> Not this Braum. Level up. If your opponent has a level two Braum, <laughs> it puts it in range of level two Braum. Uh, um, but he's not going to get a Poro off of it, so he doesn't even want to attack it. Um, so I don't know that... I, I think that this is an important change, and I think one of the reasons it's important is it because it basically doesn't allow you to quite so easily drop Anivia on six, feeling relatively confident if your opponent isn't playing P and Z. Um, that they're not going to be able to get rid of it, you know, and then, you know, yeah. you're just going to be able to coast with that egg sitting on your bench until you get to uh, turn 10 and you hit enlightened. It's not going to be quite as easy to do that. Um, things other than P and Z are going to be able to remove this thing a little bit easier now than what they could before. I do think that that's important. Um I don't know that this is a massive negative thing for Anivia, um, but I think it's not inconsequential, and it does open up opportunities for things like Shadow Isles to play against it. 
Shadow Isles is the big one, right? Because it's vile feastable now. That's that's really yeah. the big thing. Um, and I think that that's important. I don't have any problem with them pulling down Anivia a little bit. I did play Braum Anivia um, with Rekindlers. And let me tell you, even if you kill my Anivia and then kill my egg, I can still rekindle a board full of Anivias to crush you with. So, <laughs> you know, it's not that big of a deal for me. Um, but it's also important to note that level two Anivia also becomes a zero one. So... Uh, it, you don't, you know, when you go to level two with Anivia, once you're enlightened, it will still be easier to remove the eggs if they can remove your level two Anivia. So, uh, I think that, that, that's an important thing to note. Uh, I don't know. Did I cover it? Is there anything else to add about the, nah, egg I got, I got, I got nothing else on Anivia. I don't really play Anivia. Okay. Take us to the next card we got here. All right. We got relentless pursuit. It's a very simple change, but I think there's one very important thing about it. Uh, relentless pursuit moved its speed from fast to slow. Um, this was probably necessary. I, I think, uh, rally has, um, it's a very, very strong ability. And I think like moving it to slow speed basically means like you, you can, cause when it was fast speed, you could let them attack play rally, uh, relentless pursuit as part of your kind of action economy, they can't really do anything about it unless they have a deny. The attack goes through, you either don't defend or defense, so you only get the chump blocks, and then immediately turn around and swing without them getting an action window to defend themselves against the now rallying board. So I think this is great. Um, I think more importantly, though, it's really good that they are toying with the speeds of spells again. Yeah. If I remember correctly, it's been a while since we've seen them mess with the spell speed. And I think really more than anything else, that is the best way to adjust overpowerful uh, spells. Uh, yeah, I can agree <laughs> with that. God bless you. Uh, I can uh, excuse me. Okay, I can agree with that. And uh, and I'm I I'm a, I'm on board with the change. Relentless pursuit is still going to be a strong card. Like in the deck that it's played in, it's still going to be good. But it's just not going to be able to allow you to like. Okay, your opponent attacks. I'm going to relentless pursuit and surprise them with it. Now they'll be able to get a turn to sort of prepare for it. Um, and I think that's a good thing because it 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 does feel really bad to lose to Relentless Pursuit when you get surprised by it. So um, I think that that's a that's a really good thing. Um, the next one Agreed. is uh, the next one is Arena Rookie. So this is the start of um, this is the start of the change to some of the discard mechanic cards. Although this isn't an actual change, it used to be a uh, it used to be what a three mana. Um, one a two one a three mana two one yeah yep um a three mana two one that read a round start discard your lowest cost card to draw one now it is a a two mana two two so they lower the cost and increase the health so it's a big change to this card it may actually be one of the biggest changes outside of the rework for Heimerdinger um it is a really big change to this card I mean to lower something's cost and give it a, a stat boost is a really big deal so arena rookie now might actually be a pretty playable card because it keeps ditching cards in your hand that you may not want and uh, and keeps drawing new cards into your hand it, it basically allows you to draw two cards a turn so um i like arena rookie it's not a card that i've really ever played with but uh it was one of those cards in 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 noxus right that was just garbage and completely useless the only time you ever saw it was in the pre-made uh, uh versus the computer uh noxus deck and uh and it wasn't good there so this makes it maybe viable maybe it's a card that you can play now uh yeah, just just for the sake of not of just 
potentially nipping in the bud any confusion. It is Arena Bookie. Oh, what did I call uh, it? Rookie with an R. Oh, <laughs> and that's because we have Boom Boom Crew Rookies Arena Bookies. Arena Bookie. Yeah, yeah. Okay, my Arena bad. Arena Bookie Boom Crew Rookie. <laughs> it's it's yeah, super easy to mix up. So I ain't judging. Uh, but yeah, so uh, Arena Bookie. I actually just played with it some uh, in a uh, in my what's it what's it called deck um discard, discard stuff. and it's pretty interesting i don't think this card sees play outside of discard decks but I, but because i was when i was playing with draven getting those zero costs basically said draw an extra card every turn because the sure. arena book you would dish and i think that's what's designed to it. it's a draven is thought out to be played with draven's axes because uh, it is a Noxus yep. discard card. Um, yeah, I don't think it's necessary to play a, a completely optimized. I was thinking about cutting it, but there are times when it really does shine and basically just gives you so many extra cards. The only problem is you getting multiples on the board, I found out, is not great. So I probably would only ever include two in a deck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you probably never want two of those on the board. No. You, you want to be able to... Out your hand. <laughs> Well, right, and you want to be able to to know which card every turn you're discarding. And by the way, this is a fun fact for for you guys. They do go one at a time, though, so they oh. won't go at the same time. So if you have two cards in your hand, um, and let's say you have a one cost and a two cost, you won't discard both of them and draw two new ones. If you have two of these guys out, you'll first discard the one cost card, draw one, then the second guy will go off, and it'll look at your hand and reevaluate. Okay, why well, oh, the card I just drew is a three cost. So now my two cost goes away and I draw another one. But oh no, if if the if the card I drew off the first one was another one cost, then it would say, okay, I'm dishing that one cost again. So I think that's just a, an important little tidbit. There. Yeah, that's good to know how that works. That's a good thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. You want to take us to the next one? Yeah, so the next one is Basilisk Rider. <clears throat> Which just had um, a buff, I think. Yeah, I think this is unnecessary. I, I, I guess people were maybe playing it in some Allegiance noxus uh decks and maybe like they were worried about allegiance noxus aggro coming up i I hadn't really seen it in anything that was particularly strong i mean i've been playing it some for funsies but i I didn't yeah never got the impression that it was that good i watched bbg play it in a tournament and that was only because it was a mono tournament so you could only have one faction in your deck and that was just the best allegiance card to play so mono noxus aggro he's really good um if everyone else is playing mono but that doesn't happen yeah, and that doesn't they exist. say it's they say it's overperforming, and i'm not seeing that but i'm willing to admit that it's possible i just missed the the deck that it's really stupid strong in so it uh, maybe i just overlooked that and there is one that it's really stupid strong in and i just did i haven't seen it yet so maybe that's possible i i personally don't think this needed a change back because i thought i felt like considering the state of noxus as not super great outside of aggro and i would guarantee if this card is really a problem it's because it's being played at the top end of an aggro deck um, not because it's a mid-range card. Not because it's being played in mid-range or control. And so I, I don't think Noxus is in a good enough place, especially after some of these nerfs we're about to see, yep. uh, that it, that we're going to have an Allegiance one really take over. So I, I don't feel this is necessary. I think this is overkill. And I think it's really frustrating to see it buffed and then immediately 
Yeah, debuff. Sort of nerf. I agree. I disagreed yeah. with that one too. Um, the yeah. next one I know you'll disagree with. I don't care, but uh, it's Crimson Disciple was a two mana two three when it survives damage, deal two damage to the enemy nexus. Now it's a two mana two three um, when it uh, takes damage and survives, deal one damage to the enemy nexus. So just a little less burn, um, but that burn actually is pretty expensive, pretty significant. I mean, it is. It's pretty significant. So. Uh, you know, honestly, you should be the one announcing this because when we have talked about uh, getting the Saboteur or the Crimson Disciple, I don't remember if it's a Saboteur, the one that deals one damage to something and then two damage to the enemy mm -hmm. Nexus, we had kind of said that we were hoping that that would be the thing that would see the nerf and Crimson Disciple would remain the same because it goes along with sort of the Crimson uh, package that is has kind of got hijacked into burn. Um, they didn't do that. They, they nerfed Crimson Disciple. Uh, I do see the chance that this card was a problem. I still is playing. I played it today um, and it just because it does you do three damage to the enemy nexus when you hit that thing instead of two four damage to the enemy nexus um, so it's still playable but it's definitely not as good I'm sure that you were disappointed in this change because they're they're going after your your homeboy they're going after Noxus here yeah it, and it sucks because we're not seeing a compensation in the mid-range and control side of Noxus to basically, I mean, it's uh, Noxus will never completely go away because Noxus still has some of the best aggro tools. Um, so, like, we're st it's not, I'm not saying Noxus is going to go away, but if anything, Noxus has become even more linear uh, yeah. now. And so it, it's even more shoehorned into aggro because they made no compensations back the other way. Now, I I'm willing to, you know, hold out hope that this expansion, which supposedly we're going to get next month, is going to have some awesome mid-range and control Noxus tools that's really going to push this, you know, back into relevance. I do I do think Swain has been seeing a little bit more play than normal. I think people are really starting to fall in love with Swain and, and the things that he can do in some of the like either slower aggro or mid-rangey shells, mm -hmm, even mm -hmm. some control. So I, I'm not saying Noxus is completely unplayable in other things. I'm just saying I, I don't love I actually don't hate this nerf in context. Mm, okay. I, I I think in context, this is fine and probably needed to be done. I think it's... I don't want to say lazy, um, but I think it's I want to say... It's simple. Simple and not, and not as good as it could have been. I think, you know, a little bit more energy could have been put into this to allow crimson disciple and i think really what that would have required is it would have required taking the cards that damage around crimson disciple so like transfusion would have needed the nerf instead of you know crimson disciple mm -hmm. like i think the legion saboteur should have gotten nerfed instead of crimson disciple yeah um i think that's the situation that would have made it so that crimson disciple is a viable build around card but not one that's being abused and, you know, shoehorned into aggro. Um, so, but if they're not going to do that, if they're not going to do anything about those supporting cards, then this is one. If they, if they visualize it, because that's, this is what it comes down to. Clearly the design team sees Crimson Disciple as, as being part of this aggro deck. They yeah. see that they see Crimson Disciple as, as part of the identity of the aggro. I don't see it that way. 
Mm-hmm. If that's where this disconnect is coming from. Um, but ultimately, they're the design team and not me, as much as I would love to be uh, over there. If that's not the case. So they see that as part of the Telling identity. Telling them what okay. to do. <laughs> so contextually, this is good. Because if that identity, if that, if that their notion of where Crimson Disciple belongs isn't going to change, then this needed to happen. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I can agree with that. Legion uh, Grenadier was next, right? And that uh, he was a, a two mana a three one when he died. He dealt two damage to the enemy nexus. He's now a two mana three two that when he dies deals one damage to the enemy nexus. I played this card today. I actually think I like it more. Um, to be honest with you, I think I like it more. He doesn't die to spiders. He doesn't die to there. There's a decent amount of one attack stuff out there right now, um, in the early game. And he doesn't die to any of those things. He can actually take a trade. Um, and, and, or, you know, I, I, I actually like this change. Um, it slows down the burn. So it makes him a little less usable in that. Um, but still leaves him aggressive. And I think that's a good change versus what I think about Crimson Disciple, which I think, they sh- once again, I think they should have changed the cards around uh, the card as well. Um, I think that Legion Grenadier was a was a good was a good change, not a bad one. Um, I don't know what your opinion would be on this, but I, I, I'm going to take a wild guess. And I'm going to suspect that you like this change. No? Um, Uh-oh. I'm un- I, have, I don't have an opinion on it. Like, I I can't decide if it's better or worse. Therefore, I can't decide if I like it or not. Like, what is it better for? I can't I can't tell. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, one more defense is nice, but really, you only played it in the first place for the damage to the Nexus. You wanted it to die. Sure. You know, it was a two mana deal two to the deal to the face. The three mana or the three attack was the icing that said, okay, you either take three or two. Now it says you either take three or one. So it's worse, but less things can clear it. Mm-hmm. In but, but, but there but yeah, Vile Feast can't clear it. Static shock. But can't even clear when it. even when Vile Feast could clear it, right? You still took uh one damage net. Like they heal one, you deal two. They still take the two. You know what I mean? Yeah. But now it doesn't. They so, clear. It, it, I'm not arguing either way. I see what you're saying. I'm not. I'm just saying like, I don't think it goes up or down. I don't think it's worse or better. Actually, I think it. Actually, I think it's slightly worse in that the decks that played it, aka, um, uh, uh what's burn. the um like burn. It's definitely worse for burn. However, oh, yes. yeah, I think on the burn. same side, this might see play now in decks that run like a Noxus uh, uh, Sejuani deck. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Something that wants to consistently damage it on its Nexus. Mm-hmm. Right. Something that wants to consistently get a tick in. Doesn't matter how much damage it is. Obviously, this is worse for Swain. Um, you know, but I, yeah, so I, I don't know. I am very ambivalent on it. I don't really care. <laughs> mm, okay, I, I liked it. It, I, it doesn't die to Withering Whale. It doesn't die to Static Shock. It doesn't die um, to Vile Feast, which means you before you can get rid of those things, okay, I'm going to take two damage instead of three. Now it's like, oh, shoot, I can't get rid of this thing. I'm going to take three, and then I'm going to take an additional one. Um, and I, I like that about it. Uh, I like that about it. 
I don't know. I played it today and I felt better with it as a three two than I did as a three one. Um, the the we we talked about Flash of Brilliance, but these next two cards are discard cards. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what they did with these two? Um, yeah. Or I can. It doesn't matter. Well, actually, uh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I got it. It's fine. Um, Sump Dredger. I was trying to see if we needed to say anything more on Flash of Brilliance, but we we did in fact cover all of it. <laughs> yeah, I think we covered everything involved in Flash of Brilliance. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sump Dredger got moved from a two cost to three cost. Its old text was to play me discard one. The new text is to play me discard one and draw one. Which so is now huge. The, it is huge. It's definitely huge. I will say, from playing it, it's a lot harder to find the right time to play it because now it's competing with uh, Draven. Mm. Uh, on turn uh, uh, yeah on turn three mm -hmm. and you always want to get Draven down so you get the discard fodder from the axes right sure um, so I again like I'm not saying it's uh, uh, bad it's definitely it's a strictly better card and more importantly I actually think and I'm about to get I was going to get into this in a second I actually think that Sump Dredger and Zonite Urchin which Zonite Urchin spoiler alert does the it used to say I'll, I'm going to put these together yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, the old Definitely. text was the old text was last breath, draw a card, uh, but to play me, discard one, right? So you discard one when it came down, and then later, when it died, you'd get that card back. Now, it just says to play me, discard one, and draw one. I actually think Sump Dredger and Zonite Urchin are le legitimately viable in decks outside of discard. Agreed. You're, because what, what it allows you to do is it allows you to cycle a card that is poor in a certain matchup for potentially a card that's going to help you in that different matchup. It affect, it allows you to kind of toolbox your deck. And if you have a tech card um, that is, you know, intended for a control matchup and you're against aggro, you can dump it and dig for your aggro tool while still getting a body on the board. Um, Absolutely I think agree. this is going to, I think it's going to see play in combo. We already saw it in Gibbles and Bits's like envision of uh, of a Twisted Fate deck. I think that's a great example of a deck to play it in. Um, I think it's going to be great in an alternate way to play deep, um, because you can potentially get deep in a slower build. Uh, these guys are going to work just maybe not as efficiently as the toss creatures, but in conjunction with the toss creatures, yeah. potentially you could have an, a full early game where all of your early game creatures actually cycle cards. Mm -hmm. um, and that's all that you really need to do with deep is get the cards out of your deck. <laughs> um, so I think both of these are great. The only thing I will say is some dredger before for aggro discard, which disc discard as a package is definitely aggro centric. Uh, for aggro discard, Sump Dredger was amazing on two because you didn't mind losing that one extra card if you got a two mana four three. Sure. You know? Yeah. 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 He's definitely worse for aggro, but I'm looking at them now and I'm like, oh, these aren't aggro cards. Oh, 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 these aren't aggro uh, cards. Yeah. These are early game combo cards. These, yeah. these, um, they stopped being aggro. Mm -hmm. They became, oh, these are the cards that you play to not die in the early game in uh, an Ezreal deck. Um, because it allows you to cycle through your deck to find your combo, mm -hmm. and it it helps you establish a little bit of a board. They're both aggressively statted, so they're both going to be able to trade up. So you're going to be able to compete for board, and uh, and at the same time, you're you're going to be uh, you're going to be you know cycling through your deck to be able to find your combo pieces. So I think that uh, these two cards are two of the cards that I am by far most excited about. I absolutely love this change, and I will definitely not play these in a discard package. I will 100% play these 
abilities in a in a deck that wants to move through my deck quickly. But I mean, if you were to play them, if you were to play a discard deck, these would 100% be like oh, center point cards. Oh yeah, they would go in it still. Yeah, I mean, they go in the discard deck, but they went in the discard deck before. Now they go in the discard deck and in the deck that wants to cycle through my cards. They go in my Ezreal TF deck. They might go in my Ezreal Jinx deck um, because I might run Ezreal Jinx just to help Jinx to cycle me through my deck even faster, um, you know, uh, when she's leveled up. So I, I think that... Uh, I, I really like the changes that they went with this card. I didn't expect them to go this direction, but I think what they did was really, really cool. Yeah, I'm I agree. Definitely on board. Shadow Assassin uh, was a three mana, two, two, elusive summon. Uh, when I'm summoned, draw one. They did our favorite thing they do to all elusives, which is not rework elusive, but just lower their attack by one, which they've now done to what? One, two, three, four elusives, three or four elusives. They just keep dropping yeah. their attack by one. Um, New, I guess eventually it'll work. If you drop all their attack to zero, elusives won't be effective. Um, but newsflash, it just seems like every uh, every couple of weeks we uh, we drop another elusives attack down by one. I don't like this change because I actually love Shadow Assassin. It's one of my favorite cards in the game, but not because I play elusives, because I don't. Um, I like Shadow Assassin because it is cycle in elusive blocking um, in a lot of other decks that I play for control. It's a really good three drop. Um, I'm disappointed with this change, and it does make a difference. Um, I did play this in uh, in my Ezra or my Heimerdinger uh, Lee Sin deck, and you notice minus one attack on this card big time really notice yeah, it's it. just not as effective of a blocker i mean i think shadow assassin is a the prop that, that see this is the problem uh is that in in non-elusive decks it's a defensive card in elusive deck it is everything offensive defensive resource extension everything mm -hmm. you know and that's the problem and i mean i'm not saying that like so some cards, it's okay for cards to, um, it's okay for a card to be better than its average uh, power level in synergistic situations. AKA if you build a deck around that synergy. Yeah, it's sure. okay for a card to be, to serve multiple purposes by you investing deck slots into it. But the situation with elusive is that's not how it works. You don't actually need the synergy. You're using the mechanic. As such, it's not synergistic, although there are synergistic cards, don't get me wrong. But in and of itself, elusive is not naturally synergistic. Elusive is just an overwhelming number of a of cards that share a powerful non-interactive keyword. Yeah, It's not that you're really building to, hey, I need to do these things differently to highlight elusive. No, you're just putting as many elusives in a deck as you can. So it's a very, very different thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, once again, I, it, I'm i sure that this hurts the elusive package. I guarantee you it does. Um, but it, it's, it still, to me, doesn't fix the issue that elusives presents. And consistently going back and just tweaking their attack down by one to make them less aggressive over and over again is still not going to change the issue that elusives presents and we've gotten to this plenty in previous episodes we don't have to dig into it now but it just goes to show that we're doing the same thing that we've done before with elusives it's just the third or fourth time in a row yeah definitely i don't want to be overly any... negative but it's just reality well no i i don't think it's overly negative i think it's bluntly critical i think if there's anything in this entire game and I, and let me be clear i am 
overwhelmingly very happy with Legends of Runeterra. I get excited to play it. I still feel like there's a lot I have to explore. I enjoyed building decks. I enjoy exploring new combos. This is a great game. I've played plenty of other games that I've really liked that have car, you know, cards or mechanics that I really don't like. And I'm not someone who's going to like get upset and leave the game over a certain, you know, over one mechanic, one card, one anything. In fact, I'm, largely it takes a lot for me to quit a game that I get invested in because instead of, you know, putting my throwing my hands up, I tend to try to find ways to exploit it, you know, to play anti-meta. That that's my go-to, right? is the more I know about what's popular and what's strong, the more I know what to play against. You know, know your enemy, right? Sure. Um, but I, I will, but that doesn't change the fact that I think Elusive is is poor game design, and I think that it is, of, of all of the things in Legends of Terra, the only thing that really I sit there and I say, I, I don't see why this is here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and, and again, I, I would say the same thing I said a couple months ago uh if i woke up and elusive uh wasn't in the game i wouldn't feel that runeterra is missing anything and i mean that not from a sarcastic way i'm saying i don't i don't feel that runeterra is missing there's nothing special that it's adding Mm -hmm. that it leaving would leave a gaping hole in the game saying man don't i wish i had something like x you know um, I think if you took away some of the mechanics like Challenger, you would notice it. You'd be like, "Man, I really wish I could X." I think Elusive is one of those things that if it was if it wasn't here, we wouldn't be thinking of a mechanic like that. We wouldn't be thinking, "Man, I wish I could just do X." You know. Um, so I, I, like I said, I don't want to get on my Elusive bandwagon Templar. too much. But no, no, no. But- this this does this does harken back to everything we've said so far and this mm-hmm. is like my biggest long-term gripe uh with the game despite how much i love it and despite the fact that this isn't big enough deal for me to really even contemplate you know getting upset and not playing yeah yeah i agree uh, uh templar in chat says give them all the bubble bear treatment um <laughs> bubble bear of course is a zero <laughs> attack elusive give them all the bubble bear treatment hey uh dbn why don't you go ahead and take us we already got about 10 minutes left in the show why don't you go ahead and take us through these next two cards real quick um and and i'll i don't i don't really have a lot to share on them because i haven't played them but i know that you've played some yasuo so why don't you take us through these next two cards for a minute well so we got steel tempest um this i this is really quick basically uh steel tempest goes from three mana to two mana um this is really important because i used to play steel tempest and then when uh, in my yasuo deck and then when the uh one that stuns and creates a three two for only one cost more and it can target anyone not just attackers steel tempest became irrelevant it it never saw play once that four cost card from bilgewater came out which i always forget the name of it but um uh yeah so now steel tempest cost two and now it's half the price it just can only be used in certain situations good news is people attack you all the time so it's not like it's a stretch um i just had this played against me earlier today uh with an opponent who was playing yasuo and the steel tempest was very very effective um i kind of forgot that it had that it was two mana uh and so they they got a, a really crucial stun off uh yeah with two spell mana this is a big change this is definitely makes it appealing uh keep in mind remember cost uh nerfs or or increases and decreases to 
a spell or creature cost is like way more impactful than initially, you know, you would just look at, well, it's only changed by one point. Those points, you know, for the newer players out there who maybe Runeterra is your first game and, you know, maybe even this is your first kind of big balance patch that you're keeping tabs on. Anytime costs change, even by an integral of just one, it's huge. And oh, it should yeah. radically change how you think about Absolutely. the card. Because, you know, one, it's not just uh, how much it costs at the moment, but it's also, you know, what turn in the game you can play it, what are the things you can pair it with at what times in the game. So, um, this is big. This now has a reason, a, a justification for being included, even if it won't see play. I'm not going to promise everyone's going to throw three of these in their Yasuo decks, but now there's a justification to include some. So I think that's a very good thing, although some people who hate Yasuo uh, would disagree with me. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, the next card is River Shaper, which I actually really like. Um, River Shaper is a three mana 2-2 two, two now. It's formerly a three mana Two one mm-hmm. has the same effect. It's a very small uh, buff, I think. Strike, draw a spell. Um, yeah, so they basically say exactly what I was going to say in their description. Um, they're trying to boost Ionian synergy cards to partially balance with other nerfs. River Shaper was too fragile to realistically chase the dream of multiple procs. There's, there's one really interesting thing about River Shaper is it draws a spell doesn't create a random one it yeah. pulls one from your deck you know tutor. what spells are in there it tutors a, a spell from your deck that's very relevant uh because you know what's in there you're only going to include a spell if it's something you want you're only going to play river shaper if you want to draw those spells um i think this is a good buff i think we're going to see some people memeing around with it trying to get it buffed up so you can just keep drawing all your spells uh, i don't think it's going to radically change the landscape but i think it's a step in the right direction i like to see kind of those just strictly bad cards see some improvement uh i still think it's a little too slow at that three mana but it's nice to know that they didn't just forget that this card exists well right right because uh, i yeah. did yeah, yeah, yeah i'm yeah. glad that the developers didn't i love that they did that with this and the and the bookie um because it was like i forgot these cards even existed and they went back and they were like hey these cards aren't seeing play it does seem like other card games when a card like this would have fallen off, it would have fallen out of their field of view, just the same as it did out of the player base. And then we just would never have seen the card again. And it was like, it was just forgotten about entirely. I like the fact that they're going back and making changes to cards like this, because it's showing that they really are truly trying to give every card a place. And that's really cool. I'm going to talk about the last two and we're going to come back to the next one because I think it's, a bit, it, it might be one of the bigger ones. The the next two go together. The Gordon, the Golden Norwal in the Hunting Fleet. So previously, Gordon, Golden, Gordon, the Gordon Norwal. It's a it's a it's a Norwal named Gordon. Obviously, um, the Golden, Gordon the Narwhal. Gordon, here comes Gordon up from the deep. Um, uh, my my <laughs> wife, my wife has a relative named Gordon, and he's the most pretentious jack wagon I've ever met. I despise him, um, and I'm just picturing his face on the front of this whale right now. So the Golden Norwal is a was a, a three mana. Uh, three or two four with elusive and vulnerable i think the only thing that ever came with vulnerable right on it um never played and a hunting fleet was a five mana seven seven that summoned a golden norwal for your opponent something that was never played golden norwal is a uh now a two mana uh two three 
still with elusive, still with vulnerable, and hunting fleet is now a four mana instead of a five mana six six instead of a seven seven. I guess they want to see a four mana six six hit the board more often, and um, I think they should just give every elusive in the game vulnerable as well. It should just come in the package. You get elusive, you get vulnerable, so that I can attack you and clear you whenever I want. Um, this seems like a change that no one was asking for, but I will try it out, because I thought Hunting Fleet was cool before. Um, I wonder if it's good now. Yeah. Hmm. I don't really want to talk about this. I think this is so irrelevant that it's not worth my breath <laughs> okay we'll talk about the final card then and i think this one is worth your breath yeah all right this i'm one's talking it. about it well you're gonna introduce it what is it okay will of ionia yeah will of ionia gets bumped from four cost to five cost wow mm -hmm. that's pretty big yeah it's 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 pretty big it's I don't know how big. That's the thing. I don't know how big, but I think it's big. Well, no, yeah, it's big. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's big. It's all that we have to say about this is, hey guys, it's um, it's big. It's just big. It's pretty big. It's big. It's big. I mean, it's just anytime you increase costs. I mean, we just said it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, anytime you bump the cost of stuff it's pretty pretty relevant this this is one more turn that you can't play it it's you know it this is a really huge counter to deep uh so you know it's a really big counter to well it's a counter to brahm uh you know yeah. it's just it counters so many strategies uh and it's also just so flexible like you you always want at least two will of ionia is oftentimes three when it's at four cost yeah just because it's it's so flexibly strong it ruins uh decks that want to go tall with buffs yeah um because when the cards get bounced they don't remember their buffs um i mean it goes in almost any ionian deck it's just a staple card uh and i think that we've seen that the design team doesn't love staples it doesn't seem um, to be that way no so they're willing um, to mess I, with staples anyway. Right. So, I mean, I, I can't really, I just can't really go into it more than like, this is one of the most played cards in the game. That's now getting a very prohibitive one cost, uh, mana increase. So uh, there's just not much more to say than that. Yeah. It's going to have a big impact on, I mean, this is the, this was arguably the best spell in Ionia. I mean, I think it probably arguably was. the best spell in the game. Yeah, could could have been the best spell in the game. I mean, really, could have been the best spell in the game. I, it's it's a big change. It's a big change. It's going to shake things up for Ionia, and I am curious to know exactly where it's going to land on the other side of this cost increase. Um, before you would splash Ionia in a control deck, even if you didn't want much of Ionia, just so you could get Will. Now I don't know. Yeah. Now well, I don't know. Yeah, I so I think this is weird in that like it does kind of hurt Ionia control, which I think they're okay with. Um, I don't think this really. I mean, I guess it sort of hurts Karma Ezreal, but I would be more concerned about Karma Ezreal making a resurgence with Agro being less popular, um, less powerful. Let you know, getting nerfed, and yeah. 
So that would be my bigger concern, frankly. Um, I just don't know. I, I, I agree with this, this nerf in that I think the card was just very, very, very good and, and good in too many situations, frankly. But what I guess I I guess it's just so hard to conjecture what this is. This is going to send a massive ripple, I think. I agree. in a non a non obvious one because I think people will say, well, you can still run Will of Ionia. Will of Ionia is still a great effect that's worth five mana, and it is. It is. It is still worth five mana, but the situations you can play them in have severely narrowed because it just. I mean, that's one less mana you can spend on a creature coming down, on another spell coming down. I mean, if you're playing Lee Sen or anything like that, like you're running out of mana to do other things. Um, and and ultimately, keep in mind, recalling a unit doesn't kill the unit. You know, now we're actually seeing Will of Ionia come closer to parity with Vengeance at seven mana, which yeah. it's been a while since we've seen Vengeance be commonly played outside of the hardest control decks. Uh-huh, yeah, and... and- the hardest, the hardest control decks at that. Like, really? Yeah. I mean, there's very, I mean, even the harder Shadow Owl control decks don't even run Vengeance. Yeah. Um, just too, too heavy. Yeah, I, it's big. We'll just leave it at that. And that's gonna, that's gonna wrap up our, uh, our talk about the news, which was the entire episode. <laughs> but uh, before we get out of here, I do have one quick closing thought. And I thought I was already perfect so my closing thought this week comes from a book that i've been reading called dream big by a guy named bob goff he's written a couple of books um and uh if you want to read his stuff you can certainly find it out there he's a christian author but he doesn't write strictly christian things and i pulled a quote from the book this week that was really important to me and it said you might think that achieving your ambitions means keeping your head down battering down the hatches and shutting others out so you can get more important work done don't fall for it. Ambitions don't flow from the quantity of your ideas or your uninterrupted drive. They gush out from your kindness and willing to take a genuine interest in others. They, they, they gush out from your kindness and willingness to take a genuine interest in others. Um, this goes back to the sheer fact that we don't do life alone. We always do life in the context of community. Nobody achieves their ambitions through strictly hard work and a willingness to put in the extra time. They do it because they have people who surround them, who help them achieve what it is that they've set out to achieve. And people don't want to help you achieve what you're setting out to achieve unless you are willing to first help them achieve the deepest desires that they have and their ambitions. So take a genuine interest in somebody else. Um, Don't just network with them. Networking with somebody is pretending to be their friend so that you can get something out of them. Genuinely take an interest in another human being this week. That's my closing thought and uh, my little words of wisdom. I think your life will be infinitely better if you take a genuine interest in another human being. That's it. That's my words. Okay, man, you ready to get out of here? Yep, yep. This I think this was a this is a fun episode. Lots of stuff to talk Holy about. Cow, I'm still, yeah. I think I'm gonna have a much better 
idea of what I think about things even just next week. Yeah, I think we're going to have to come back and readdress a couple of these things next week, and we'll see you know, what the community says as well. Uh, so that's going to about do it for this episode. If you want to find me or you want to find DBN, the best way to do it is look directly in the show notes. There's a link to DBN's YouTube, a link to my Twitch account, and uh, also an option to join our Discord. Make sure you join our Discord. Dis- Discard our Discord. And if you would like a chance to win a Legends cast hat, go over to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. And uh, and if you leave it there, that would be awesome. And we'll read it out next week on stream. Visit patreon.com slash legendscast if you want to financially support the show. Anything helps. Ten cents, one dollar, a quarter. Um, you know, about five or six hundred people listen to the show right now every week. And if everybody decided that this show was worth a quarter a week, um, well, guess what, guys? That's several hundred dollars a month that would allow this show to do new, really cool things. And um, so, hey, if you're willing to give us a quarter an episode, go over to patreon.com slash the lift and pledge one dollar a month. That's a quarter an episode. And uh, hopefully, hopefully we're giving you a quarter's worth of value every week. Well, hopefully we're giving you I would hope so. 25 really cents if we win, if we didn't. If we're not giving you 20 25 cents worth of value every week, then please stop listening to the show and go listen yeah, to something we don't else. Deserve it. No, we yeah. don't need we don't even deserve your <laughs> listening ears. Um but yeah, you can visit patreon.com/legendscast and uh and decide if you want to participate by supporting us that way. They are our favorite people. Um, That's going to do it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in, and be sure to come back and tune in again next week. Thanks for listening to Legends Cast. This episode was made possible by listeners like you. If you want to become a supporter of the show, visit patreon.com slash legendscast, or leave a rating and review wherever it is that you listen to podcasts.